Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Eric Miller. Eric, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad. How are you doing, Ryan? Thanks for having um, me on. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for being on here. So, yeah, man, we'll kind of go ahead and get right into this. So, first off, what is the uh, name of your gym and where are you guys located at? Um, 614 Barbell is the name of the gym. I got uh, two locations in Columbus, Ohio, one in uh, Hilliard and one in Grove City. That just we just opened the Grove City one last April here. Oh, nice, man. So, so two locations. I, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So give me a little bit of a background here. So, um, you know, what made you decide to, um, get into the, the gym owner life, man? Um, it's a little bit of, uh, my, my adventure for risk and, uh, my little bit of my passion for always wanting to help people and see people progress and become the best versions of themselves. Um, I, uh, went to college for a couple of years, had did the whole two years and really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And, uh, I ended up working a couple factory jobs and I, in that, that journey, I found a personal training school I went to and started, I went to that, um, got my accreditation from them and did the whole personal training thing for a while. And, uh, I, uh, was one of my buddies' gyms I was training at, they were going to close down and it was really, do I want to take the, the leap and run something myself and put that faith in, in me or do I want to continue just to pay somebody for a space and, right. or, and it's, it's, I, I like having the control in my hands and being able to see what I can create and, and putting that faith in myself to help create that community or some type of environment that I think would work and, and help bring people together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, so it kind of came down to the, the whole deal. Like it was either, so he's going out of business so either you find somewhere new or, or you just, you take it yourself, right? Yep. Yep. And it's, I've always been kind of the more risk taker. I'd rather not live, live, not knowing. Uh, yeah. I'd rather much, much rather fail than, uh, than not than wonder what, what could have been my entire life. So, oh yeah, dude, that, that's such a good philosophy, you know, because there's so many, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this everywhere, you know, but, but you hear like a lot of people that are older, you know, or people on their deathbeds you know, they usually like typically for the most part, they're not regretting things that they did. It's things yeah. that they didn't do. Yep. Yep. No. Yeah. I mean, I'd always, yeah, I've always tried to keep that whole philosophy in everything I do in life. It's uh, if I do yeah. something and it, it doesn't work out or I didn't like it, then I mean, at least, at least, you know, you can always get, try different things. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're all going to die one day. Right. So I Correct. mean, you might as well, yeah, give it a yep. shot. Yeah. So yeah. I'm in, interesting. So kind of give me um, like a layout uh and I know you got two gyms, so let's kind of talk about the first one. So what is the model um, and like what kind of services do you guys have there? Um, the model uh, I wanted to set up is, is more of a, I don't want to say, I didn't want to have everything, but I wanted to have the best of the stuff you needed. Yeah. So I tried to offer a facility that was, that's, that you can go in and you know you're going to get your hands on nice equipment. You're never going to come in and have to worry about barbells being bent or, stuff being all over the floor or anything of that nature, which I've heard, I hear a lot of complaints about, especially commercial gyms and people having to go in and, well, I don't have the right equipment to do what I want to do in the gym. 
and I can't do stuff that I feel safe with doing bars rolling off my back and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I have, uh, yeah, with both my facilities are smaller. I got uh, layout of power racks on one side with deadlift platforms and then uh, some bumper plates. And then down the middle, each one of them has a strip of turf. Yeah. Um, it's about 15 by 40 feet wide on both of those. And then the other side has reverse hypers, GHDs, and some of your other specialty equipment like the uh, pit sharks, belt squats, yeah. um, leg extension, leg curl. And then you obviously have, I have an MJ8 in the one gym. And then uh, uh, what, is, what would it be? A, a four stack cable cross in the other one. So yeah, I don't have a ton of stuff, but I have everything you need to get a good workout in and get everything taken care of. So. Yeah, you, you got the good stuff though. So that, that's yeah, that's what I try to yeah. try to keep everything that something's gonna last that people don't usually can't walk into most gyms and go in and see. Oh, hey, I've never seen this before. Where did where did that what it, what does that do? And yeah. people, I mean, I find that people appreciate that type of stuff a little bit, and it's uh try and and it makes it easy too. I for me personally, the size wise, being able to run the gym, especially by myself. Yeah, um, I don't have to have this huge member capacity to be able to make a significant amount of money i yeah. just need to offer that experience to people to retain them and make sure they become part of that family that i try to create and uh that's seemed to work well so far so yeah yeah man that's awesome yeah and and that's what i love like you know the, the equipment selection like you know um and a lot of people like if they're not familiar with with the industry really like yeah or powerlifting or anything like that you know a lot of people are confused about what a belt squat is. Yeah. Right. And, and that's one thing is yeah, we have a belt squat and, you know, I always saw like for the first little bit, like you see people that haven't been in there a lot, they're just kind of like lingering around and like, you know, kind of giving it the side eye, you know, like you oh, can yeah. tell they're, they're trying to figure it out, but they don't want to look like a dumbass, Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's that's awesome, man. And that's a great that's a great piece of uh, piece of machinery there. And it's it's so simple, but uh, man, it's super effective. I love it. Yeah, I say it's also I have uh, just to make it uh, I guess more easy on myself as both locations are also ran on a twenty four seven key fob access. So yeah, you're able to come in free, which I know that people love flexibility when it comes to being able to go to the gym. I get that's also the thing you get a lot of times now is. Well, I wanted to go to the gym tonight, but I got off of work at six o'clock and the gym closed at 8 p.m. And I didn't have time by the time I ran home and to get my full yeah. workout and stuff. So having that flexibility for people, I think, is also a big plus, especially in today's day and age with everybody being on the go and everybody yeah. being busy all the time. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. And, and it also, you know, by, by having that 24 hour access, you know, it kind of eliminates excuses for people, too. Yep. Right. I mean, so they can never say that, you know, you weren't open or, or this or that, you know, so that's, yep. that's good for them. It, it holds them accountable too. Yes, correct. And yeah, so, so kind of, um, yeah, like as far as your, like your population, like typically like what kind of, uh, like what's your demographic, like what's, what's the type of members that you're um, usually getting in and keeping on the norm over there? Um, I see. I, I try to. I try to. I never want to be singled out as one one type of gym. I I, I hate when people call me a powerlifting gym, even yeah. though we're geared a little bit more towards that because I like to be inclusive to everybody. Yeah. Um, I want somebody to be able to come into my gym and say, I've never lifted a weight, and I've had people come in there say, I've I've never done any of this, and I, it's this is really intimidating atmosphere. But I want it to be accommodating to well, we're gonna. This is a community that's going to show you how to use the things so where you can be confident and reach your goals 
and get to where you want to be, even though you're very unsure about what you're doing or starting today. So uh, mainly I'd say we, we're a little more geared towards your experienced lifter just because of the lack of machine machines that I have in the gym. Yeah. It's more yeah. barbell work, dumbbell work, table work. Um, and that's usually, as I've found too, is, is that's some of the crowd that is, that takes a little bit better care of the equipment over the course of the long term. Yeah. So, so that kind of is a benefit with that as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I, it's, that's, I said, it's definitely where we cater more to as the experienced lifter, but I don't ever like to be fit into that box per yeah. se. Cause I like to, I like to want, want everybody to be able to come in and be confident in that in our, in our gym. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. So as far as, as far as that goes, so let's say, um, yeah, I'm curious, like what the, you know, like what the new member, like onboarding process is when they, well, let's just say someone walks in the gym. Um, now is it, are you guys unlocked during the day? Like times that you're there? Like well, if I have some of my trainers there, they usually unlock the door. So their, their clientele doesn't have to worry about the door being locked, but if there's yeah. nobody there, it's usually locked 24 seven. Okay. Got it. So if someone comes in and wants to join the gym and let's say, it's a, a, you know, general population person, like you said, they've never touched a weight before. They're curious about what's going on. What would like be the next steps for them? Like, what do you do for them when they walk in? Um, when they walk in, I'll, I'll either, if I, if I happen to be there at the time, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll talk to them, show them around the gym a little bit, show them what we can do for them. And, and I'll explain, also explain to them that anybody or that is part of a, the membership base it's kind of the people I try to attract to is more than willing to help if anybody has questions. Yeah. Um, especially with the trainers that I have there, they're, they all know if somebody has a question, even though they're all independent contractors, just because the people I try to bring in, they're very helpful yeah. in, in that nature. So it's, uh, if I have somebody that I'm not there, it's usually I'll have, I have it set up to where everybody will just schedule an appointment. Um, I meet with them, sit down, talk about the whole membership process. If they are interested in personal training, if they are, I will either connect them with myself or send them out to one of my other trainers I see is best fit for them to help them. And then uh, we usually get them signed up and get going. All right. Awesome, man. So um, how many trainers do you have again? Um, I have uh, five at my Hilliard location and three at my Grove City location right now. Okay. So if I, and they're all independent contractors. Yep. All right, cool. So is that like, um, do you do a member, like, do you do a split on revenue or do they just pay like a, like a flat fee or something? They play like a that? flat, flat percentage to me. It's what, uh, I like, cause I, I'm, I'm big in the, the avenue of everybody making, trying to make some money. And, and yeah. I like, I like keeping people happy too in the long term because mm -hmm. the less turnover I have and the less people I got to find over the long term, more yeah. money is going to save me in the long term. Um, or potentially make me if I don't have to ever worry about finding, finding new trainers all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's a point. flat 20% rate um, until they reach $4,000 a month. And then they cap off at the, that seven fifty. the more we expand, the more that will probably grow a little bit. Yeah. What we are able to offer and that kind of stuff. So. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. So as like when, like for the trainers, like their do their clients have to have memberships or do they, do they pay? No, I, uh, I've, I've, I've kept that separate for everybody. As for now, I see it feel for me anyway, it's worked, it's worked well that way. Um, I think, and, and it's, I think it's helped the trainers get a few more clients that way because they're like, Oh, well, I, I it's an extra 40 to $50 that I don't got to spend every month that I can put towards training. 
So yeah. if they want to add on, I allow them to get on at a discounted membership that's half the rate of the normal membership. Since they're already using the gym three days a week with the trainer, I'll give them another day or two that the discounted <laughs> rate and that seems to usually work out pretty well. So, okay. All right, cool. Now, would that be, um, yeah, I'm curious, like on the style of training. So is it, do they, is it most like general population or are they doing like uh, the powerlifting, bodybuilding stuff as well? A uh, little, little bit of everything, to be honest. Cool, I mean, I got cool. uh, myself and then one of my other trainers that train a lot of people that do powerlifting. And then uh, all my other trainers usually are right around gen pop and that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, man. And, and like you said, like those are, you know, and, and you know how it is in the powerlifting industry. It's, um, you know, if you're, or bodybuilding also, if, yeah. you, if you just focus on that, um, you know, you're, the niche is really small. Right. So it, oh, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to get the money, you know, for that. So that's, it's good that you expand out. Yeah. That's why I try to try to make it a big thing about it. It's more of a, oh, it's not a, necessarily a gym I want to create. I want a, a community that I want to create. I want everybody to feel when they walk in that door, they, they know the faces of the people they're coming into because they see them every day. So they, that in itself holds people accountable because if somebody doesn't show up, they're going to get asked, Hey, where have you been the last couple of days? Yeah. That kind of type yeah. of thing. So, I mean, it works, it works well doing that and having holding people accountable and um, making them feel part of something I've, I've found is one of the biggest things that keeping members and retaining those memberships is, is if somebody walks in and they feel like they're part of a family, they're going to, they're going to stay. And I guess I found that out best, uh, when, during COVID, when we had all the shutdowns, I was lucky enough that I had what I had at that time. I've before COVID, I was at 90 members, and I've mm -hmm. skyrocketed to almost the 300 since after COVID. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So it's and I had 80 of those 90 members pay their membership the entire time I was closed because they still were wanting me to be there because they liked what I had had offered. So yeah, I mean, that was that was a big help during that. So it was for sure. That's kind of the same thing we did. So what did you do during that time? Like, um, you know, for them, like for value, did you offer like equipment or anything? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I offered everybody. I said, it's first come first serve. I said, I'll pretty much loan out most everything that I have. It's not the nicer stuff and anything yeah. that we can get out in, in means. Yeah. Um, so benches, bumper plates, plates some plates and some barbells and uh, some dumbbells and kettlebells. And I allowed them to use that the entire time. So yeah. Um, and then when we got back, I was, tried to make sure I when I had that time I was updating a few things in the gym and I wasn't letting that money just go to waste I wanted them to see that it, their their kindness was actually being put back into what what they were what they enjoyed so yeah that that's awesome and yeah that's what we did as well I think a lot of other gyms um, did that and the cool thing about it is well for us anyways like I think that people because you know I, I did have some people that canceled memberships I mean yeah you know, we're based more on, you know, like a, like a higher membership, you know, lower price, you know, just because of our square footage. But we had a lot of people that were like, well, I'm just going to work out at home. And I'm like, okay, like, I get that. Like, I don't want to pay right now. So then, you know, I was like, well, Hey, we can, if you want to keep your membership, you know, I'll, I'll let you try, you know, some of this stuff, you can take some weights home, whatever. Um, most people did, but the ones who didn't, found out really quick just how expensive this stuff is <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah 
Uh, very much so. And, and how hard it ended up being to get that stuff. Oh, yeah. After, yeah. after a while, because I mean, it's I mean, it's still nuts trying to get some stuff, but I mean, yeah. some of that stuff got sucked up so fast. It was there was no way you could find it. Yeah, exactly. And I had um, I had some people like one of those, uh, a person that was like, well, I'm going to cancel, you know, I'll just I'm going to just build a home gym. They actually, you know, they came back and they're like, yeah, so let's not cancel. Is it cool if I get a bar? And I was like, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they said I went to Dick's and got or was just looking like at a bench and like, you know, just like a, a little like a shitty bench was like 500 bucks. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't get the weights either. You know, they could I think they could have got like tens or something like that. Yeah. So like I, I didn't want like a whole like like 30 or 40 tens. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I had a, I had uh, one or two people that just decided to go the home gym route and they ended up starting to buy stuff. And I think they, they wrote it for about a month and a half after we opened back up, but they were shortly like, this is, they're like, we got to the point where like, this is too much. <laughs> it's much easier yeah. just to pay the membership and come in and allow you to provide that service. And I was yeah. like, I mean, I was happy to have them back, but it was, it was just, uh, you all, it's kind of one of those things too. And it's, it's you know in the back of your mind how expensive it really is to get that stuff and keep that stuff maintained and have it yeah. all upkeep and especially have the space for it in your home if you're lucky enough to have that space it's yeah. not like some of that stuff doesn't take up if most of that stuff takes up quite a bit of space yeah you start throwing a rack in and all that kind of stuff so yeah you throw in a rack and then yeah getting it there like yeah for the most part like you said everybody i was cool with what people took as long as it was reasonable now I had one person wanted to, they wanted to take a step mill and I was like, oh, oh dude, no, <laughs> that's, that's a little too me? pricey. Yeah. Pricey like, of a piece. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, I mean, I can, I can have a truck and I'm like, no, no, no. Like we're, we're not, we're not doing the step mill. If you want to take a rower. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Stuff that's but, easier to move and, and get around and that kind of yeah. thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious, like, so your first gym you opened in uh, 2018, right? Yep. So what is it that, um, that led you to open the second one up? Like what, what kind of place did you get to where you're like, Hey, I want to open up another one. Well, I mean, and all, I've always wanted to open uh, multiple gyms in the Columbus location. The goal overall is to have anywhere between six to seven of them. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe a few less if I expand and get to the sizes that I, if say I, cause I have probably a couple months away from expanding my Hillier location and added another 5,000 to 6,000 square feet to it. Oh, cool. Um, and so that's all, which I kind of wish I would have did before I did the Grove City location, but it also, yeah. it, there's the benefits of both. I'm expanding my brand into another location, but I'm also limiting what I can do at the Hillier location right at the moment. Yeah. But uh, it was, in all honesty, it was a little more scary for me to, open this second location than it was was the first one the first one I really didn't have anything to lose uh right right this was finally finally just getting to the point where I've had you know, all my loans were getting paid off and I was starting to make a, a nice chunk of change every single month and I was like well this is this is getting nice this is this is a little bit comfortable and I guess that's I guess that's where you you get yeah. stall out get stagnant is that comfort zone and that's it I had uh one of my clients is uh pretty big uh, business entrepreneur. She, her and her family own quite a few businesses around the area. And she always is a little bit of the, the pusher in the back and uh -huh. they have a lot of proper rental properties too. So she showed me one that opened up and she's like, you need to do it down here. She's like, it'll work out great. And I've, uh, it was just yeah. one of those things. And 
the more I thought about it, and the more I thought about it, it was like, if, it was, if this is something that I really want to do and, and have six or seven of these in the next 10 years, mm-hmm. then this is something I got to do anyways. So yeah, even though I'm comfortable, I need to get myself out of that comfort zone a little bit yeah. and, and make myself out kind of uncomfortable, which I most definitely have done. Um, yeah. But so far it's, 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 it's headed in the right direction. And I mean, in the next, I'd say six to eight months, we sh- I should be in real good position to pay a lot of putting pretty much all of my loans off in, in a year and a half and then really hammer down on looking at another location or expand, even expanding in that time because of the amount of money I should be bringing in. So, okay. Awesome, man. So on the new location, so it, it's not been open very long. Um, what, what has growth been like at that place since you guys have opened? Uh, it was, it was, I had quite a bit of growth. I got 40, 40 members over the first month and month and a half, I want to say there. Okay. And then it's, it slowed down substantially with summertime. I don't yeah. do very much advertising. Um, if I do a few Facebook marketplace or Facebook ads, I do those. Um, that's other than that, I'm a kind of old school in that sense is I like to, have my product speak for itself. So word of mouth is my biggest advertiser for me. And mm-hmm. I also, and I like that usually if that, those people are the ones that end up staying if, if they've heard from word of mouth or some type like that. So I yeah. feel like that's a big, big thing for me. Um, but I'm also, I'm on my, I should be top of my head, be 80 members now. So I'm about, should hopefully be over a hundred by the end of the year. And then once I hit, uh, 170 that put me about at 350 members total mm-hmm. so should be should be pretty good by when that point hits and uh start really making some big moves in yeah what is uh do you have like a, a capacity at each one that you're that you're thinking of like, like top of your head yeah there's a i'm, I'm pushed the capacity at the hilliard one a little bit just because i'm trying to get things up and going over at the Grove yeah. city one which which makes me a little uncomfortable because that's my, my number one priority is to offer a high quality um, experience for every member or even the trainers that are at my gym. And yeah. one of the biggest things I hate and drives, it gives me anxiety is if people come in the gym and I have five power racks in each location. If, if people are waiting on power racks and I have five of them, it, it stresses me out and I, I hate yeah. it because that's not what I want to offer people like I don't I don't like have people I want people to be able to come in and get to the equipment because that's what they're paying for Um, and I understand it happens from time to time but I never would want it to be an everyday thing because even though everybody loves money having that pride in my my product means a lot more to me than money overall I guess in a sense so the money will always come if you offer the product I I, I, I believe anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's so true. Like if you, if you provide a good service and you focus on, on helping people, like, you know, the more people you can help get what they want, like the money comes, right. It's, it's a byproduct of that. Like there's no way that it can't. So, so yeah, it sounds like, I mean, your, your biggest focus, I mean, obviously is going to be to, you know, less members of course, but you want them paying a little bit more. Yep. Right. So just so it can be, you can maintain that quality you know, main, maintain the, uh, I mean, essentially it's kind of private, right? Or kind of a semi, yeah, it's a, it's, it's really a semi private, just so it allows me that, that access to say, okay, I think it's at my, my, where I want it, the limit to be, I'm going to cap it off and we'll go to a wait list. And yeah, that, um, I just recently bumped all my pricing up. I, what well, used to be just a flat rate of 52 99. Um, it was all month to month. 
And then just to secure my end a little bit more, I went and offered a few different options where I've jumped up to a $64.99 for the month to month. And then it's $58.99 for a year long commitment with a cancellation fee and that. And then also there's a paid in full option, which surprisingly I feel I found a lot, lot more people like the year paid in full option than they do than anything else, which is a nice little boost to your bank account, which, which it is. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that was, um, there's a lot of, a lot of limiting beliefs with people, um, gym owners, especially if, you know, they, a paid in full thing is not something you really think about. And if you've never had a paid in full, like you're like, Oh, no one's going to do this. Yeah. No one's going to pay whatever, you know, six, 700 bucks for a year. But when people ask you about it and like, you get that first one, like, that's what it took for me. I was, someone's like, like we had a two year contract when I first started, which we don't have that now. But, um, this guy was like, Hey, can I just pay for two years? Like up front? I don't want to worry about it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Sure. Like, I didn't even know that would, that would be a thing. Like who the hell wants to pay, but you know, more power to you. Right. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I mean, that's making that commitment on their, their end. I mean, I like, I like it's, that's, I guess that goes back to the quality of service thing as I have is I never wanted somebody to pay in full and then get mad in the six months in and my, they're not happy with my product. And then we had to do the whole refund or figure out how to get you some of the money back type of thing. So I've never really offered that. And I've, I know in the commercial gym setting I've, I've worked in, in the past, they've always had the option to pay in full and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, I, I guess it's more of a, a belief in the product that I'm providing that people will want to pay that because yeah. they will stay. Um, and I mean, yeah, I've just started offering that. I want to say, three months ago and I've probably mm-hmm. already had 10 or 11 paid in folds in those three months. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's awesome. A big, it's a big, nice revenue influx, especially if you're trying to get some stuff paid off or and spread that out over time, especially with opening a new gym in April. I mean, it was a nice little boost of cash to get things back where I wanted them to be. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good point there. Now with, um, so with everything else going, um, so you offer uh, like personal training, do you offer any, anything else like on your end, not your, not your contractors? Like, do you offer uh, like meal prep or, you know, um, you know, programming, uh, anything like that? Uh, we have, we offer programming through the trainers or somebody that's somebody, that's what okay. somebody's looking for. So we, uh, if anybody comes in once, I mean, depending on what it is, obviously powerlifting or just general lifestyle training, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do that for people and provide that service for them. Um, don't do much of the nutrition stuff, mm-hmm. which, long-term goal is I expand the locations. I'd like to get to where I have a little micro hub of wellness per se. To yeah, where yeah, for sure. You can go in and have the gym and I'd have to have a space where I can have a spot for a, rest, a registered dietitian and a, maybe a chiropractor and that type of service as well. So where, or a physical therapist. So you're able to be a little bit of a one-stop shop to where you can go in and get your workout in. If you want to get your meals done or have meals done, you can get that as well. So it's, that's the long-term goal with, I'd say maybe the Hilliard location would be the one that gets it done and happen to it first. And yeah, I mean, that's probably five or six years down the road overall. So you do uh, supplements or anything like that? Uh, I, I do drinks and all that kind of stuff out of the fridge. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's uh, protein and Gatorades and waters and of course the, the energy drinks and rain and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a good thing about the, uh, you know, like where you're planning to go with this thing, because we know that, 
you know, I mean, there's only, there's only so many people that you can get in your gym, like you said, to, to keep the quality. So finding those additional revenue streams, you know, whether it's, you know, from someone renting out space or you just have more to offer that person. Yep. Right. Because they're going to get it somewhere. So it might as well be you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I totally stuff. agree with that. That's why I just say it's uh, I want it. I love, love Alex's gym model. It's just yeah. it's, it, it, that, that much, uh, the, 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 it's, it's, it's a lot of dedication and, 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 into it and being on top of your stuff. And I mean, eventually I plan on getting myself to that point where I'm confident enough to start throwing that other stuff in there and, and yeah. offering that more of that product. But, uh, it's a little intimidating for me at the moment anyways, for how that stuff goes. So, but it's, it's very, uh, the way he does it, uh, is, is, is the right way for sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it is. And and when you see it on paper, it's like, man, like, and that was one of my biggest things. Like, you know, I, I switched pretty much switched over to the Alex type model yep. in uh, 2018. And that was, that was the biggest, you know, change for my business, but I was the same way. Like I was, you know, I, I kind of, it's one of those things like, you know, we've been in the industry for a while. Like we know things that could work and, you know, you talk to your team and there's like things that could work there, obviously, but it's kind of like, I felt like, so you're in a huddle, like if you you know think of football, for example, you're in a huddle and you break the huddle, then you get to the line of scrimmage and you're like, you know, you get delay of game penalties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like you don't want to pull the trigger. So that, that's kind of that's kind of where I was at too. But it's uh it's interesting just how you know how your perspectives can change and shift, you know, over time. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yep, yep. No, yeah, it's uh it's something I plan on incorporating. I guess it more goes back into being it goes into that whole confidence factor of myself and would I be able to overwatch all that and and make sure everybody's getting the the services they they are that that the quality that i'd like them to be provided and and it just i guess it just throws a lot more on your plate and uh yeah it does. I mean, at the same time it's 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 definitely something that works i mean yeah yeah absolutely man so as far as uh, our time on the podcast right now we are we're running out of time here so um you know, this will be kind of a loaded question for you because, you know, you've got a lot of stuff coming up your way, but, um, like in a year from now, like what does growth look like for you? Uh, I'd say I want to be growth wise. I want to be a year, probably at a total of 350 members. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's at an average price point of around 58 to $60 a member. Mm-hmm. Um, also would like to have five full-time more what I consider full time where everybody's maxed out on their, what they're paying trainer wise at their 20% max. Um, and getting a lot of stuff paid off. I see myself and I really would like to in the next six months have that expansion going in the Hillier location and get that up and running because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential impact I could have in that community with that location. Plus it's been a lot of untapped revenue that I'm leaving on the table with not having cardio equipment over there and the machines and and offering some group type services and that kind of stuff because I'm located in it's essentially a suburb and I mean there's you have three major high schools in the area um, and it's it's there's a lot of a lot of people that we aren't reaching now that we could potentially reach so getting getting to the point where we can expand and and grow and be able to I guess finance most of it myself instead of having to take loans and that type of thing would be uh, where I want to be at in the next year, which I think is very doable. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, yeah, good stuff, Eric. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. 
Um, hope you got some value from this. I know that our audience will and uh, good luck in the future on everything you do, man. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest until next time, gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their areas. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of CrossFit Brave and CrossFit HSP in North Carolina, David Needham. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here and hopefully uh, have some good conversation. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm stoked. It's going to be a good time. So let's let's jump into it. Tell us about your your businesses, one that you've had for a while, and then you're, you're jumping in with both feet on another one. Yeah. So, uh, so I, uh, I've co-owned CrossFit Brave uh, for the last five years. The gym's been around for nine um, it's been uh, very successful for me. Um, it's uh, made it through the pandemic, so that was really lucky. We even changed locations and kind of upgraded our space. We have central AC and heat, which is not common for a CrossFit gym. Um, but yeah, um, we've got about 120 members and a great coaching staff, and it's been rock and rolling. And I just took on a second gym uh, Late uh, October, early November, uh, it's CrossFit HSP. It's in Holly Springs, North Carolina. Um, and basically, it was a great opportunity. Um, so that gym uh, is 7,800 square feet with us, with us 1,800 square feet of office space. Um, so the floor space is about five to 6,000 square feet. And it's got uh, 70 members right now. And I mean, we've basically been open like a month. So um, it's, been, it's been great. Yeah, man, it's uh, you're you're living a busy life, full time firefighter, full time business owner times two. Um, just need a little more excitement in your life. So what the heck? Let's let's help more people. Um, you know, grow another business and and see where you know sky's the limit for where the two of them can go. And who knows, a couple years, five years down the line, we might be talking to you about number three. So um, we will see about that. It <laughs> is, uh, you know, with CrossFit gyms, it's all about the people, right? So if you can find the right people to help you run the business, I think that's the key. It is, it is one of those things that if you could, uh, if you could make a people factory, um, it would make a lot of CrossFit owners lives much better. We can, we can learn and we can be coached and, and coach on so many aspects of the business and the execution, but sometimes you just, you know, you look under every stone that you can, you try to grow from within and you can't always necessarily find that right person at the right time. And it's, it's frustrating as heck. And it makes it hard to not be the guy wearing all the hats or wearing too many hats in the business. So I agree with that. One of the big things with that though, is like when I get a new coach, I tell them that I can teach you everything about how to fix technique, how to run a class, time management, 
how to sell people on the gym, right? But I can't teach you how to be a nice person and I can't teach you to care. Yeah, yeah, those are uh, those are some intangibles that I bet probably somebody won't won't make it past the first interview with you if they don't have those in spades, right? That's True. the nature of our business as, as a CrossFit owner too. I know that there, there are some executions of fitness or some fitness businesses where that's not as important, but we're high touch, high service, higher price than a lot of other things. And the expectations have to be there. I mean, I don't care if I was running the $20 a month global gym, I still probably wouldn't deal with that, but you can hide those people a little bit better when, when they just got to, you know, they don't have that same level of interaction. So if yeah. they have all this, space. but you can make all them right. do all the, the little task, right? Just, yeah, just hide them away from the public. I feel like there were probably days in my CrossFit ownership where they did that to me. They're all right. It's not hide, hide Dom away from the public. He hasn't, he hasn't had his nap, but you know, I'm, I'm a big, big proponent of naps. The CrossFit schedule really works well with napping. Not when you have two in a firefighter position, but if you just got one or two, then sometimes. But anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Brave okay. and how you do things, policies, things that you've instituted there. And then uh, if we have time, we'll talk about what things you're going to carry over to HSP, maybe what you're not. And then, um, you know, maybe some things you might try there that you didn't or aren't going to do at Brave um, because things are already kind of set up a certain way there. So um You've been an owner there since 2015. Um, you've you've had a partner and you kind of have had that yin and yang, front of the house, back of the house relationship. Um, but you've grown into being the guy who wants to run operations, wants to control, put the business together. So I think um, that's part of the evolution of the entrepreneur if you let it happen. So I want to talk about operations and um, and how you do things now from the lessons you've learned. So let's start at the beginning. Um, you know, you're a gym with about 120 clients. Um, you know, it's, it's been established a while. People know you, whatever reputation you have is the reputation you've earned. So how do you attract new people to come towards the gym to be interested in it? And are you actively trying to grow that membership base? So we are actively trying to grow the membership, but we do a lot of stuff through organic stuff. So we on social media want to show you what the actual community is about and give you a little taste of what it's like day to day at the gym. So like we have a workout of the week that we post, right, which is giving away a little bit of programming without giving away everything uh, because we write all our programming in-house um, and then showing like. Uh, tributes to members like, hey, this is the coach of this month, like get to know this person. This is the athlete of the week, you know, get to know one of our athletes. So social media, I think is like a key driving factor for a lot of like the small niche market gyms. Um, as far as we're also pretty searchable and our website is very upfront. We don't hide anything on the website. Um, you know, I've heard all the things do you post it? Do you not post it about your prices, right? To start the conversation. Um, but I'm very much, here it is. Um, we'd love to show you what we can do for you. And here's how we're going to do it. So we post our prices and all the memberships that we offer on the website, but we also offer a free first month. So you can try the gym out for a month. If you don't like it, totally cool. Feel free to go somewhere else. I will direct you to other CrossFit gyms locally because I feel like CrossFit is the best way to get into shape. 
Um, but, you know, we try to offer as much value as we can and be as authentic as possible. Yeah. And uh, as we spoke about off, you know, offline, uh, I've, I've crept on your website. I've been on your social media. You know, Instagram is how we connected. And, and I do think, you know, some of the things that stood out for me on your Instagram were you're, you're utilizing a lot of the capabilities. You have a link tree up there so people can, you know, they're not just getting directed to your website and what do I do? You have a bunch of different options that point people in specific directions. And then you have this mix of, like you said, showing programming, showing groups, showing individuals, showing people doing really hard movements, and then people doing things that look more accessible. There's a mix of all different people. So if someone scrolls, you know, 10, 15 pictures on your Instagram, ideally they're going to see something that makes them think like, oh, hey, I could do that. That person looks like me, or that sounds interesting, or I want to know more, right? Something, you know, if this, if everything you posted was the same, then only the same people are going to be attracted to it. So right. hopefully, you know, something that you post today might not be interesting to 80% of the people scrolling, but those 20% are really going to connect to it. So you can see that there's intent in the variety. It doesn't look haphazard. haphazard. It looks like, hey, if you scroll this, you're probably going to see something's going to catch your eye. So I think that's... Um, a testament to doing it intentionally and knowing what you're trying to do. You're not just posting to flex on Instagram or you're not posting to just show off like, this is how cool my, you know, my facility looks. It's, you know, I want to touch all the different possibilities of why somebody might, might be interested. So, yeah. And one of the things with that, right. So is, you know, and I know from both owning CrossFit gyms is what do most people think of CrossFit? And they think of these like super ripped chiseled people that do all these freakishly crazy things. And really like in reality, like that's like 0.01% of actual people that do CrossFit. Like no, most people don't take their shirt off and have like 16 abs and, you know, traps that go up to their ears. And so, you know, you want to showcase that everybody's just a common person. Yeah, absolutely. So your main inflow of new leads, new interest is coming from the website and social media, correct? Yes. Is there a big bias one way or the other as far as percentage of where they come from? Um, most of them, most of them look for the website. So a lot of it's based on Google search. Um, mm -hmm. So we do optimize our Google search as far as like when you search CrossFit in a certain area. So we do optimize that. Um, the main thing is when, you know, for outsiders looking in, when they go to a website, they, you know, some people, they look at, you know, what the gym looks like, the facility and the price and then class times. Right. And if it all works with their schedule, they'll give them a try. So for us, what we found was that we used to do a free class, right. But how really well can you tell a gym and at least a CrossFit gym that you're going to spend a lot of money at in one class we i don't think you can and one week you may get a good view but you may not unless you're able to come all week but if i give you a free month which for us is four weeks right if i give you that free month and you come in let's say 12 times in that first free month well you've got a great feeling of hey this is something i can build into my schedule this works for me the location works for me you know and i vibe with the people that are on all these classes which changes pretty frequently yeah, and I, I think we talked about your rotation of, of coaches, a full-time coach, a part-time coach, and then 10 other coaches that rotate in or out. So people get a chance to mesh or, or meet that one or two people who are going to feel connected to them. And then 
you know, they always say, you know, people, people come for the fitness, they stay for the community. There's, there's a connection aspect that, that really happens. So I'm interested in the concept of the free month because that's, that's pretty unique. Not a lot of people do that. Um, and I can see from a business standpoint where adding an additional person for that month probably costs you little to nothing in your overhead. You're yes. already paying coaches, you already have the lights on, rent's already paid. So how did you come to that um, as far as from when, you know, you, you did the free, the free class, um, were you tracking metrics? Is it something that you've seen um, a noticeable increase in conversion of? Because that's, that's an interesting concept for me. Yeah. So we basically had the pre-class, right? And if, if a person wasn't able to talk to the person after class, i.e. one of the more full-time people, right? Uh, to be able to explain the rest of the gym to them and how things work and show them a few things. We just found that like they would either come, they were either all in or all out, right? So you basically have a 50-50 shot on getting the person. And then a lot of it depends upon location, right? Can I really make this work or not? We're in a fantastic location now, but I would attribute all of this to actually my business partner who came up with the idea and he was like, hey, what do you think about offering a free month? And I was like, well, <laughs> that's giving away a lot, right? Um, and we we talked about it and he was like, well, look, like if we try it, they'll get the value of all the people and all the aspects of Brave if you give them a month. And really, they don't attribute to our cost per member per month, right? So all we're doing is potentially adding revenue each month thereafter, right? And if you can show them the value for one month, they'll stay for another, you know, and typically most people that do several weeks in a row, they always sign up. And uh, the plan, right, is to talk to them towards the end of their first free month and go, hey, you know, do you like the gym? How's it going? You know, um, if you want, we can sign you up now to make sure that you, you know, your membership doesn't lapse, you know, um, and we have that conversation with them, but it gives us time to make sure that we can have the in-person conversation. And that's big for me because 10 days a month, I don't even exist at the gym for 24 hours, right? Um, so when my time's there, uh, my full-time coach and my other part-time coaches can be doing their thing and I can be taking care of a sales point, um, which gives me more time in that like free trial period to do so. Um, as far as metrics go, if people come for... <clears throat> Over two weeks, we typically are about 85 to 100% on them signing up with us, at least for a month or two. Gotcha. And that was going to be, you went right into, that was going to be my next question is, it's, you know, you because you don't just sign them up and go hands off and then not meet with them again till the end of the month, you're able to track certain activation points, metrics of, hey, if this person comes for a week, maybe they have a 20% chance of staying at two weeks. All right, we're at 80%. So we really need to push to get people across that two week mark. And then we can start having conversations. So um, with knowing that the two week mark is the big, you know, swings the pendulum big for you. Are there things that you are doing to get people more engaged, more activated in those first two weeks, or is it mostly hands-off? So it's a little bit of hands-off because we want people to make the decision themselves, right? We want you to be a part of the gym because you want to be here. We don't want to be like, give us money, right? Which is ultimately like, you do want that at the end of it, but you want people to make sure that they 
pay for a service that they value. And if they value it, then, then, they'll, then they care more about it than the money aspect of it. The other big thing we do though, is each one of our classes, we do a question of the day. Um, so in that question of the day, everybody gets to know each other. And it's like, you know, it's at the whiteboard at the front, right? You do the question of the day, everybody gets a fun time to talk and answer questions and get to know everybody in class. So they're not just a person that's there. And then we do the board. And sometimes I'm like, hey, push the question more. So everybody has more fun in the beginning. And then you, it gives the coach also a point to talk to them throughout the rest of the class. So it gives you more one-on-one -on -one interaction with people, which is more of the care part of, of a CrossFit gym. Okay. So there is an, a little bit of increased interaction when somebody's new, just by nature of everybody knowing there's a new person. And these are the things we do to make them feel welcome. Yeah. It just will happen to translate to them wanting to stay. Yeah, uh, but it's not anything, in my opinion, it's not anything where we're like reaching out to them weekly or through emails or anything. We want it to be as organic as possible to make it feel like this is just a fun home community environment that you're in. Perfect, perfect. And you um, you said, you know, try to keep things organic. And that was actually, I was going to talk to you about um, how you you phrase the way that you're getting clients, getting interest in doing that mostly organically. So have you experimented? Have you had any um, any involved experience with the, the paid or non-organic side of lead generation client acquisition? Yes, so uh, funny that you mentioned that. We actually <laughs> used to be a part of Gym Launch. Okay. Um, so at the time when I was involved with the first group of ownership, they owned four gyms. And right. the four of us were a part of gym launch and it worked pretty decent, but the people stayed for the time that they paid for and then they, and then they left. Right. So it was almost like a, a too big a surplus at the time for, for my facility. Now, mm -hmm. other facilities that they had in the, in the circle handled it a little bit better because they had bigger staff. Um, they were a little bit more better equipped for it. Um, but, um, you know, found out that, you paid, it made money, but it almost offset it because at the time, a lot of people were doing the paid Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. So what was the time frame of that? Uh, we did it for one year. But like, was it like 2018, 2017? Did you, it I, was, I'm just, what I was, I guess, was oh, it during oh. the days of like the, the six week challenge, the three, six yep. week challenge? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And that definitely, that was an offer that was really hot for a while. And yeah. you know, like everything else has its, has its cycle. You know, there's a, a nature of those things for sure. And, and the people that signed up for it, they really enjoyed it. They did see value in it. It was just one of those things that a lot of people they in their head, they got, I'm doing six weeks and then I made it and I'm moving on. Right. Um, and so that was, you know, that's, that's a little bit different times, right? Where we did, you know, pay for ads and um, it worked out a little bit, but I would say that, you know, it not long-term. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely been, been a shift in what's been most effective, I think, which is more selling people um, long-term results, long-term programs, and, you know, something other than a quick fix, because while people could get that, I think it's human nature a lot of times to spring back. And that's one of those things where um, it, that, that type of sale, if it's not executed really to perfection can, can lead to some, some, some issues that maybe you, you didn't, you didn't bargain for. And it, it really, it involved a lot of, uh, 
a lot of nuance there, probably more than we get into on the podcast. But but since then, you've basically been strictly organic as far as your growth, SEO, Facebook, Instagram, things like that. Yeah. And uh, one of the things we do, right? So with CrossFit gyms specifically, which is way different from like a bigger gym, um, is for us, right? We incentivize members to bringing their friends. Um, so that was that's another big thing that we offer as a value is like, hey, if you bring your friend, you get a month for free. And so you bring your friend, you get to work out with your friend, you get a month for free and it works out for everybody in the like grand scheme of things. Um, but for us, right, then, you know, you have people that are working out with their friends and that builds community even better. Um, and that also shows, you know, that gives, you know, I mean, I would work out with my friends somewhere more than I would go somewhere else. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's an easy kind of incentivize for current members to, you know, feel like, We've been, you know, we care about them, the fact that they're bringing us clients. Yeah, absolutely. So you have those channels working for you. Usually the next natural phase of our conversation is sales, but your sales process is, is really a non-sale in most cases, right? You're having, whether somebody's, a, if they're a referral, somebody off the street, um, you know, somebody that comes in through a website, everybody's getting offered that same free month, right? So it's a very low barrier to entry. Yep. So that conversation, um, are you still having uh, an initial conversation as far as what somebody's goals are, what the expectations are, things like that, as if the same as if you would, if you were going to sign them up into a program or a membership, or is it, you know, very surface level, hey, just come and see for yourself. And then we go from there. So we do have the conversation with people that are a little bit nervous about starting CrossFit. Um, they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I need to go, you know, walk for 16 days prior for an hour. So I'm fit enough to do CrossFit. And then you're like, well, not really. But if you're nervous about stuff, come on in. You'll work one-on-one. -on -one. You'll have a one-on-one -on -one consultation with a coach and figure out if you want to do some personal training sessions prior to starting CrossFit. Um, so we do have that option and people do take it. Um, and we, our full-time uh, coach does all those one-on-one -on -one sessions. Um, so basically it's a consultation. You talk about what your goals are, what goes on uh, there. And so there's two different paths for people. Okay. So you can either just try the month out if that's, if you're just ready to start CrossFit or come and have a consultation. And then you talk to the coach or myself and figure out, do you want to do some one-on-one -on -one sessions to get comfortable and then do your free month? Or do you, you know, like what's the best route for you? Yeah. I think that there are still CrossFit gyms that are hesitant to offer PT because we get so in love with the group model and there are so many advantages to it. But if you ask enough people like, Hey, you see what all those people are doing over there. Do you feel comfortable doing that? And people, if you give them the opportunity, or would you rather have a coach work one-on-one -on -one with you and show you how to do it? Surprising amount of people be like, yes, I would like to not feel, feel stupid when I start this class. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to be one of those people that's a CrossFit statistic of, you know, I did it for a couple of weeks and I got hurt. CrossFit sucks. It's like, right. well, no, you just, you probably need a little more help. So, okay. So that goes. So now two other benefits that we have at Brave, right? One of them, we have, we have a bootcamp class, okay. which, is, which is CrossFit without barbells. And it's an easy barrier to entry for people. It's a group of like all different ages, but we have, that's, it's definitely our class that peaks the higher age range people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's offered in the evenings. It's at 630. 
uh, Monday through Thursday. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's CrossFit without barbells. So it's all real basic movements to do. You still get a coach and you have a lot of fun, right? The second thing that we offer is we actually have a barbell club. So our barbell club is called uh, Barbell. It's Braves Barbells and Sprinkles, which is uh, like a fun club. They have a donut with a lifting bar. Like it's super cool. But that has a different aspect there to where if someone's like, hey, I'm really, you know, I'm not comfortable with Olympic lifts. I always go, well, hey, go to Barbell Club, work one on one with the Barbell Club coach, because the the way the Barbell Club flows is everybody kind of does their own specific programming. And one coach watches everybody through the whole time that they're there. But he has a very specific onboarding program as far as doing the barbell lifts it gets people more comfortable. Um, it's also a great thing for youth athletes. So um, when you have someone that's in the range of like 11 all the way up to like 16 and they're like, well, you know, I want my kid to do CrossFit. And I go, well, I want your kid to do barbell club for the first three months. So they get the Olympic lifting down because that's more beneficial for them to build those foundations in a more, you know, um, specific setting where you can work more one-on-one than you can in a CrossFit class of 12, right? Yeah. So we, so there are a few different ways for people to get introduced to the movements, the classes, all that. So once people are in, you know, they're in, they're rocking and rolling. Something we talked about off the air is um, you've spent a lot of time working on, on figuring out what systems, what vendors, what things work in place. And you feel like that's really uh, your bread and butter and one of the things you're going to bring and implement to hsp so give me a little rundown about of some of those things and how you feel you know they benefited you as as getting a hold of them so um i guess a couple things that we use is well we use a, a three app system um so at brave we use mind body which is our billing and our calendar system um i have some i have opinions on that right um they're <laughs> yeah they're their actual system to sign up for classes is phenomenal, right? And their billing system is very easy to use. It's got tons of options. Their credit card fees are a little bit high, but you know, whatever. Um, we use SugarWad, which is our programming and tracking system, which is unbelievable. And it builds so much more extra community outside of it. I'm a huge proponent of trash talk on there. So, um, and you can, add, you can add gifts now. So, like oh, that's super awesome. fun. Um, and then we also, we offer a 24 seven access to the gym. Um, so you, we use hybrid AF um, and they're a big network across for a lot of CrossFit gyms to where people can just drop in, use the gym if they're out of town. Um, but for us, it provides us something different than just offering a 24 seven open gym membership. It basically lets athletes come in before class if they need a little extra work or stay late without having to keep a coach there or get a coach there extra early. So that's a huge benefit uh, for us. Yeah. Yeah. And those are all, um, all vendors and systems that I'm familiar with and had, had very good either first or secondhand experience with, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that have mind body. I never had it. Uh, I think I used everything else, but, and um, I, I never executed that one between all my gyms. Um, you know, Sugar Wad was amazing. That was my favorite, favorite workout tracking and community engagement software. And then Hybrid AF, I remember when they came onto the scene and just uh, took a little while for people to adapt to it. And now the more gym owners I talk to, the more that are like, 
yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. And I think it was, um, it was just different. And I think people are resistant to change and CrossFitters might be a little more resistant to change. <laughs> and I'm not sure why that is, but you know, whatever, but once you prove that it's something good, the community will adapt it very quickly. Yep. So and yep. I think that's what's happened with them. So, so we have a, a, a life cycle there, bringing in a lot of people organically, super low barrier to entry if people need that to get in, but help if they want it or if they need that to, to overcome. So the, the financial barrier to entry is low. The technical barrier to entry is always going to be what it is for full CrossFit, but you have some ways to get there. You have systems in place. So, you know, things are going well enough. You feel comfortable enough that, hey, you're like, I'm going to dive in. We're going to do this thing. We're going to take take over HSP and grow it. Um, what challenges do you think are ahead of you? What things face you? And I mean, we know COVID could rear its ugly head up again at any point. So, you know, that's that's kind of a given in these conversations. But what other challenges do you feel like are ahead of you? What dragons do you have to slay to continue to grow brave and to to start to uh, make make new growth and new progress with the HSP project? So with Brave, um, I was really, uh, well, I was, I am still really hands-on with the day-to-day -day operations. Um, you know, full disclosure, the full-time employee that basically runs the gym when I'm not there is my wife. So technically I'm her boss. She's pretty, pretty bought in then we could say. Yeah, yeah, very bought in. Um, but she's, um, she's super amazing. She does a lot of stuff there. Um, and with Brave and taking on more of the back end side of it and the HSP CrossFit, um, I'm giving I'm giving more responsibilities to her, right? And she's in in a way kind of has done some work. Now it's time for a little bit more. Now it's time for a little bit more. So empowering the people that work for you to do um, certain tasks um, is going to be a super big help. Uh, for me, uh, one of the big challenges that I have is uh, running the back end side of the business, um, which is going to be more my responsibility down at HSP and with CrossFit Brave. Um, but we're running them like almost exactly the same, using the exact same like uh, people for our QuickBooks. Uh, we're going to use the exact same CPAs. So they'll run pretty identical. Um, again, it's just getting into the routine and getting the foundation of it built up because there's a lot of stuff that most people, if you've never owned a business going into business, you got to get tax IDs. You got to set up these accounts. You got to get all your, you know, your documents and your minutes. And unless you know a lawyer, that's a friend, right? You have to talk to a lawyer and, you know, all that stuff kind of getting the flow of things down. Got it. So really just, just, duplicating the things that you know to have in that you know you need to have in place when you're taking on another business or starting from scratch whichever way you go knowledge isn't enough in those areas you still have to execute a bunch of things that can be tedious and monotonous and frustrating um, but as far as the actual knowledge the things that you want to have in place the systems you feel like you're poised that once once everything is out of the way, and it sounds like most of it is in place at HSP, it's just going to be a matter of layering that on and then duplicating successful actions. Yeah. And, um, and again, right, it's, it's teaching the people that are there in person to make sure that they know, you know, give them the tips and tricks that I've learned over the years and, and the mistakes that I've made, right? Because I've made plenty of them. 
um, say, hey, I made this mistake four years ago at Brave. Like, let's try to not do that because of X, Y, and Z. So making sure that they have the right um, tools in the toolbox to be successful too. Um, and then, of course, I'm a big proponent of if the person does the work, they should be valued for the work that they do. Yeah, that's uh, that's that may be something that doesn't go said enough, um, and it only comes up when people say, "Hey, my coach left and took half of my members," or you know, whatever. And it's like, well, you you need to get ahead of those things because if you don't value somebody, especially in today's job market, holy crap! Um, if you don't value somebody, somebody else will. Right. Probably a lesson we can learn in a lot of aspects <laughs> of life, really. Yeah. But but what we're we're in a business podcast, so we'll we'll keep it there. So I think that's that's super important. So we only have a, a few minutes left. So I want to kind of rapid fire a couple of things if we can. Um, what are your near term goals for the two businesses? Let's say two three years down the road, where do you want to be with Brave and with HSP? So with Crossroad Brave, I'd like to take over the extra space that's there, seventeen hundred square feet of unused space. Um, I'd like to be somewhere between 150 and 200 members, um, and I'd like to have uh, two to three full-time staff members there. Um, and that's two to three years in the making. Um, at HSP, um, I'd like it to be somewhere between 100 and 120 members. Um, I'd like to have two full-time staff. Uh, and uh, I would, you know, basically I'd like this gym to be rocking and rolling down here in a different location. All right. So that makes sense. So... Taking taking Brave to the next level, and in that same time frame, basically getting HSP to where Brave is now, that would look like success to you. Yes, yes, it would. Awesome, awesome. So we look forward to to hearing about how that goes. So a um, couple more quick questions, and then we'll let you run. You've been in the game now for for a while, right? It's been five years that you've been a partner owner, and you're making moves. You feel comfortable enough with where you are to do that. So if you had to pick one or two things, lessons, pieces of advice, tidbits, whatever you want to call them, that you could give your younger self that you think might have set you up for more or earlier or just a different level of success, what do you think those would be? So the biggest thing that I didn't do when I originally took over Brave was ask the two guys that I was in business with that already ran successful CrossFit gyms what they did to be successful. I did not ask enough questions and I didn't you know, I thought that, hey, if I just run these day-to-day -day things, like it's going to be fine. And I wish I would have asked more questions to, you know, one of the gyms had 150 people at the time. The other gym had like 400, right? So Ooh. it was like, these guys are super successful. What are they doing? And, and I, if I, in my first year, I wish I would have asked way more questions and just like, been that annoying thorn in their side that they would have never gotten rid of, but I could have gained a wealth of knowledge, not only on the like how to run the gym, but also on the back end side of the business. And maybe once they would have talked to me more about that, asked for more responsibilities on the back end side. Got it. So, like a lot of us, you came in and you're, it really looks on the outside as if, if we just have great coaches and great community, everything will work out. And there are a few little nuances and things that go above and beyond that. Those are still real important. And you will go out of business if you don't have them. Right. But, but you need some other things. Okay. Um, really, uh, last thing for us, I think, before I let you go, is if people want to find you, find H HSP, find Brave, 
give it to us all. We're, I know you have um, you have some different programs. I don't know if your nutrition program is a separate business. We didn't have time to get into that, but anything that people can find and check you out, give us give us a lowdown, man. Yeah, so if you're in uh, Cary, North Carolina, and you want to find a CrossFit gym, uh, CrossFitBrave.com is is my gym. You can get free classes, free month. Uh, try us out. Um, it is CrossFit Brave on Instagram. Um, we have a Twitter that doesn't really get used because I have no idea how to use Twitter. Um, but that, those are the two main places to find that. It's on Facebook as well, CrossFit Brave. We do have a private athlete group too, so you might see that. Um, if you're in Holly Springs and you want to try a gym out, um, we offer, this is different. We offer a $1 uh, free month, uh, first month because of the system. We use a different system down here. Um, but that's the barrier of entry to get in there. It's CrossFitHSP.com. Um, the website will be up soon. Um, same thing, uh, CrossFitHSP on Instagram. And then if you want to find me personally, um, it's uh, Needham87 is my handle on Instagram. You can follow me there. Um, I post a lot of random things. So relationship stuff, CrossFit stuff, firefighting stuff. Um, I also have a podcast as well. Nice. Um, it's called Normal Ass Fitness. So normal ass fitness, it's on all the locations. We basically talk about fitness for like the everyday person from an everyday person's perspective. Um, and then if you're interested in nutrition, um, we have Unbroken Nutrition. It's a six month nutrition program um, that you meet consultation uh, once a month or once a week um, for, through tracking macros and figuring out what works for your body. Um, and it takes you through the steps uh, from month one to month six that you shouldn't need us anymore. So you can keep us on for accountability, but you shouldn't need us. Um, and that's a hundred dollars a month. Um, so it's a super successful program that we have. Awesome, man. And just to clarify, if any gym owners listen to this and they want to hit you up just to talk shop, you're good with that too. Oh, hundred percent. Feel free. I would love to help anybody that I can. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that's all I have for you today, sir. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here with us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we thank you for your time. We appreciate you spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. And if you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you every time we drop a new episode. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. 
Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Jim. Jim, how's it going, man? Oh, good, man. Yeah, thanks for being on the show today. Good, thank you. Yeah, so let's go ahead and kind of get right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? Uh, Idaho Kettlebell Strength Conditioning, and I am located in Eagle, Idaho. For those that might not be familiar with that, it's right outside of Boise, Idaho. Okay, okay, gotcha, man. And um, how long have you guys been in business? I've been in business since beginning of 2009 okay. as uh, Idaho Kettlebell Strength Conditioning. Okay, awesome. And yeah, j just curious, I always like to ask people, so what is it that made you, you know, decide to open up a gym? It's different for everyone. So I'd like to get everyone's uh, input on that. Well, um, what this, I had been training for a while and I had, uh, you know, I had, had backgrounds in different areas in far as educate, education and physical training and things. Um, and I was, my first job working as a trainer in a gym was just more or less wanting to get better out of myself. I already had, I had, a, had a decent job um, and, uh, you know, felt myself getting out of shape. And so I was like, well, I need to look into a training program, maybe to make myself get certified or something and I'll be better at, you know, to keep myself in shape. But they told me that I had to kind of, you, you got to work for us in order for us to send you through a class. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll see what it is. And, and uh, kind of bit the bullet, worked for a corporate gym for a couple of years. And I mean, absolutely hated some of the stuff that was going on. The, the place was run by some people who weren't, you know, and I realized there's a lot of different people out there. There's different ways of running those things that, you know, I didn't get along with. And I've, and looking at things, I've always been the happiest when I was calling the shots, doing what I wanted and had the utmost amount of independence. Mm -hmm. And that was going to mean working for myself and opening my own gym. And uh, I was the only one around that was really doing the kettlebell stuff around here. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet, do this. Things, the stars kind of aligned. Found I found a, a space that worked really well for me. Um, I was very fortunate to find it that actually backed up to an indoor soccer field. And so it was like a trainer's dream fitness yeah. thing. And yeah. it was almost empty all the time. So I could use the soccer field anytime I wanted to. I could use, uh, there was a good studio area. But I didn't have a lot of equipment. You know, I had a, basically a big set of, or set of kettlebells and a pull-up bar and that was it and so it was like just sink or swim i already i did have a fairly a good amount of clients that i've been working with for the last couple of years that by their own you know they, they they left to follow me there i certainly didn't you know do anything underhanded like right you know right. encourage them all to to leave me for this corporate gym to come and joined me there but they all did and a lot of them left a lot of contracts with them because i had a pretty good following was pretty good at what i did so you know um and then you just struggle away one thing i figured when i when i started my own business was that hey i may not be the best 
person around, best trainer, best coach around. I may not be the, the smartest. I may not be anything, but no one is going to outwork me. Mm -hmm. And I just said that I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this every day. And this is my wife was on board with it because she knew that things worked out best. If I was in charge of everything that I did, didn't have to answer people that, you know, basically I, I was thought I was smarter than. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so looking at everything, um, what's, let's see. So like, what do you do right now to get people in the door? So like to get new clients in, what are you guys, what are you doing for that? Right now, a lot of it comes down to word of mouth, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I've obviously been doing this quite a while. I, I am, I did switch locations about and opened up a new spot here about three years ago so okay. the last three years have been tough to get people in my other location it was never a problem because i've been training there and that had that location there for um going on and been training in the area for over 10 years so people yeah. kind of you know you, it's it was it's a small small valley you know yeah um so that was the main thing. And I've got, you know, we've got some good signage, good visibility in the location that I'm at right now. There's a, a big grocery stores in Albertsons right next to me. There's a nail salon next to me. There's a couple of restaurants around. Uh, of course, one of those, you know, in the, during the last year, some of those restaurants were really hard hit. Oh, so there's yeah. not nearly the traffic coming in that there was. I mean, there's also a UPS store that's right in this little strip mall that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot of visibility that way. Um, and the, you know, open storefront, that's, that's one way. Um, that's good. I've got some good signage. I do, you know, I, I do a limited amount of Facebook and some Instagram and every now and then I'll get that, but I've had a lot of, um, people come from there in the past, not so much anymore. Uh, it seems like that's not quite the, the, the draw that it used to be because there's so much noise out there with and the way that they filter things unless you buy ads and all that um so a lot of it's just you know word of mouth and people will and i have a website up on the thing and if you looked at my website it is like 2009 yahoo small business do it yourself open up it looks terrible i i admit i really admit i've been wanting to redo it for the last couple of years but you know what it gets a phone number it's, it's a landing page. And yeah. from there, it's like a conversation. You know, I talk to people. Yeah. And, you know, you, it, I, I went through a class a long time ago on interview uh, and stuff because I worked in, in journalism and all these different things. And it says, you know what? You can have all the things in the world with the best investigative technique that you'll ever have um, is get off your ass and talk to people. Yeah. And let them know what you, and you have to be your best business card. Yeah. You know, that's so true. And I mean, cause I see a lot of times like people, well, it, when it comes like even to interviews and, and things like that, like when I've interviewed, you know, people like for potential, you know, employment at the gym or, or whatever, just some people look really good on paper. Right. And then you talk to them and it's like, you know, you need like, oh, yeah. you need to talk to more people before, you know, if you want to ever get a job talking to people, because you have to do that all day long, every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> and and as in the gym business, you have to be on, you have to be on all the time. You don't get days, you don't get days where you don't feel good. 
because the people that come into your gym are going to be there. Sometimes that's the best hour of their entire day. They look forward to that. They don't want you bringing them down. You have to be there for them and you've got to be putting energy out for them all the time. You got to yeah. be, no matter what's going on in your, in your real life. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I have, a, I, as far as I'm concerned, I have a blessed life, but at the same time, you know, you, it's hard to, you, you gotta be on all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and that's, and typically, you know, like for new clients as well, you know, people just coming in your gym, you know, I mean, they're going to make their assumption about you and your gym within the first, you know, four or five seconds. Instantly, the second they watch you, see you standing there, you know what, it's instant, instantaneously. And yeah. people watch, there's always somebody watching. Yeah. I know of people who've come to train with me that have sat outside, have been out in the parking lot, told me that they've sat and watched classes and they've watched me train outside there. Um, they've watched me train several times before they worried about coming in. They wanted to see what was going on in there yeah. and all that. That's one thing I liked. I think when I mentioned the advertisement is having a big um, view with windows that people can see what's going on in there because yeah. they're curious. And, you know, for every, every, gosh, I don't know, every 20, for every 20 people that sit out there and look, there's going to be one that'll come in or, you know what I mean? There will be yeah. one that, or every person that comes in, there'll be 20 more watching to see what's going on. And maybe for them, maybe for that. And you know what? It, it maybe you know, it may turn off. Hey, Heck, I don't know. I may turn off more people than I attract. Probably do. But at the same time, you got to be authentic or they're not going to stick around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, you know, the people that you would turn away, you know, just by watching, but that, that's fine because like they were never going to be there anyway. So it doesn't no, matter. No, they're not going to stay around. They may sign up and they may hang out for a month. And I look at like investing in people when I, when I get them in there. I mean, I don't, charge a lot of money i'm not the most expensive not mm -hmm. the cheapest not the most expensive but i really when somebody comes in there brand new i really like to take the time with that person yeah to you know i mean you put the thing on the front end and they'll stay for a yeah. long time i've had people stay for me and train until i moved from the other place for you know six eight years and train yeah yeah absolutely so looking at, um, so is, is it just you there now? Or do you, do you have other trainers that work there as well? I don't have any other trainers at this location here. I've, I've worked with some other people before in the past. And I had an association with another gym that was downtown in Boise, mm -hmm. where I trained some of their trainers. And then they worked it in there. And there was a kind of a, an arrangement with them it was like almost like a franchise thing that was going on with them where they were running my fitness because I was in a really small town across the valley and okay. Boise itself they were downtown Boise which was much bigger so they had that there and I mean I I wasn't going to move my stuff and go transfer there because I had a good client base and yeah it was it worked out well for my lifestyle and stuff to to stay there and I, you know I wasn't about to just tell all the people I'd been training for years see you later I can yeah. make a little a couple extra dollars over here you know right right <laughs> and so are you would you ever 
hire other people or do you kind of like doing it the way you're doing it? Cause I know you said, well, I like doing it, but it has to be the right person, you know, cause what I do with the, with the kettlebell stuff that I do, I mean, I kind of like to make sure that they fit in. I mean, I've had people teach classes for me here and there, and I've had things like that go on. And I have some people that are, you know, we're kind of instructors. Yeah. Um, and I'd actually worked up an entire instructor development program for that other gym that we we worked with and it worked with them for a while and then i mean there was a lot of reasons why that gym closed down but uh you know it it, it seemed to be it seems to be something that works pretty well it's really hard to give up that control though to people you find out because you have a certain product that you like to do it a certain way and yeah. you know it that's that's a hard thing to to kind of give up this facility I have right now is pretty small. So it's, I mean, we're talking 1300 square foot. Okay. But okay. I just do that. So it's not like a big enough facility that that would really pan out. Yeah. It does maybe, maybe in the, in the future it will. Um, but I don't, I don't have anything like that going on with anybody right now or contracted out during off hours or something. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah, you're right. It, it is tough to give up that control. Um, yeah, I was there too. And it's kind of, well, I mean, it's your baby, right? Oh, like you bet. And that's, that's not necessarily the best business model though. You know, I mean, I, I understand from the business, there's a, that's why when I talked to Fernando the other day, I was like, man, are you sure you want to talk to me? Cause uh, I don't know if my business model is going to work for everybody. I'm like, I'm not know if I'm necessarily the, the poster child for, the best way to run a business. I can know a lot about training and I do a really good job and it works for me. But like I said, it's because I work really hard at it and I don't know if it's the right thing for other people in the same situation. Yeah. You know, I'm a, kind of obsessive about it. I work seven days a week and I have since I started. Now, is that something? So like you said, yeah, it may not be the best business model, but why do you think it's like that for you? You think it's because you're so you don't you want the product to be so good that you you just don't I think there's there's that I think there's the connection that I like to have with the people that come into my gym and I've tried the online stuff and I've tried those kinds of things but you know especially in this last year and a half I've been realizing hey this is important the people that I am in here with face to face every day and that I come in contact are more important than the than, than people I maybe don't have that contact with. And it's important to them, important to me. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's that aspect of it. There's the aspect of it, of, I don't know how much mass appeal sometimes it's, there is to a lot of this stuff because a lot of the population, because I've worked, I, I mean, I, I, I do a lot of kind of like, real i don't know if you've ever looked at any of the workout stuff we do i don't keep too much of that online it's kind of proprietary stuff but yeah. i mean it's i there's people in the company that do crossfit and they improve their crossfit game because they get so much stronger and develop so much more work capacity there's there's been times in the past when we've done workouts that you know you're talking 500 kettlebell swings a day yeah. Um, and some of those days were 500 body weight squats and, you know, yeah. you're talking a couple hundred pushups and 
things that are like people would think were CrossFit, but you build people up to that level. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and so there's that. Um, I am finding though, that as I do it for more, my, the demographics becoming older, Oh, I want to work that hard. Yeah. 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 They don't want to work. And that's the thing too, is yeah, the, I think the demographic is changing on, on some things that like, I didn't expect it with kettlebells, but that that's cool though. You know, that yeah. people are, are wanting, I think it's interesting too, right? It's something that they've not actually done a lot of kettlebell stuff and some people don't know how to use them correctly. No, they don't. That's the thing is, is it's really, and they're not fancy there. And the thing is, there's not a lot of exercises that really, that really, um, with specifically with kettlebells, there's, you got, if, if you ever, if you're familiar with the way that there's different model, there's different kind of schools of kettlebell thought, and I've got certifications from a number of different ones um, that I've done. And you've got the sport kettlebell thing that's like a very obscure type of thing, really. There's only probably a handful of places that do it where, you know, they're lifting a kettlebell while doing one lift for 10 minutes straight. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's all they're doing. And you're going to have like, I don't even know one hundredth of a percent of the population that's really going to appeal to it yeah. even me as a kettlebell geek i think i did that for maybe six months straight and i and i had enough of that yeah and then you yeah. get the hard style type that you know it's like they can be really strict but you you know you got your basic exercise your like your kettlebell swing your goblet squat and your get-ups and your presses and things and those are great you know kettlebell snatches and stuff but i find that I look for things that are going to be easy to teach people. Um, they're going to give a lot of bang for the buck. And um, are you going to mix it with body weight stuff? And I have right. other certifications right. in body weight training and all that, that you've got to have that. Yeah. Because you, know, you can't be breaking people and you can't be burning people out. You got to be, you know, to keep people around. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, you know, I've always told people when it comes, you know, there's some sessions, right. And, you know, some people may leave and the next day they may not be as sore and they're like, Oh, well, I'm, you know, I didn't even get sore. Like, so we got to step it up. And I'm like, well, not every session has to be a complete thrashing, no. you know, sore. No, it doesn't. And I try to get that through people's heads, you know, and I've also, what I do, especially in my group training, because I, I really, I like that the most a lot of times, is you'll have three different levels of workout. I have a level one, two, and three. And so, like, I'll take my threes, my level threes are my advanced people that maybe they're doing a little more advanced or more volume, or they're using more weight or something. Level two is kind of an intermediate, and then level one would be my would be you know maybe you you've got your older people or new people or extremely deconditioned people so they can come in there and challenge themselves generally make the level three hard enough that like if you're not if you're not getting enough of workout and this would then you're doing something really wrong yeah yeah you know yeah. <laughs> i mean it may and it may those may be something to do with a barbell and all kinds of different things like that but right getting that's the hardest thing i think in a lot of ways to get through people's head at the beginning is is the, the how much how sore you are is not an indication of how good of a workout you got yeah and yeah. that any idiot trainer can make you tired 
or make you sore, but not everyone's going to get you stronger Yeah, and can train you without injuring, you know, and that's yeah. the important thing because they, you cannot hurt people. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, my 10 year old daughter could make a program to make someone throw up, you know what I mean? Easy. Yeah. Easy. So yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right on that. Yeah. We see, we definitely see eye to eye on that uh, for sure. That's one of the biggest struggles to get through people's heads. And the other one is that if you want to get people healthy and you really want to work is that you, you have to be selective about the amount of variety and the amount of novelty you throw in it. You got to have a little bit, but you know, you got to have your basic movements in there. And that's what I've always done. I mean, there's certain things that, you know, if you, you got to be able to do push-ups. you know, you got to be able yeah. to squat. <laughs> you yeah. got to be able to do some kind of pulling movements and stuff like that. And yeah. it's, it's not rocket science. There's nothing new out there. There's yeah. absolutely nothing new out there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's, there's nothing. And new. It doesn't matter what, what tool you use, whether it's kettlebells or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we get, yeah. How do we get contractions? How do we, how do we break that muscle tissue down basically is what it, so what's, like pick your poison basically as far as that. So, yeah. So uh, we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast. So um, one thing I like to ask people, and this will be a little, it may be a little different for you being in your situation, but um, like in a year from now, what would, what does growth look like for you? Like, would you, are you looking to add more from now or, you know, keep what you got? Like, what does growth look like, if any? What is growth looking like for me right now is I really like the fact that I can kind of just keep things building momentum over the last, as you know, very well in the gym industry, everyone has been hit really hard as yeah. far as um, just keeping the doors open and getting the momentum going back again, because there's so many people who have, have flaked out of those of a lot of gyms. And I was, I've been in a really lucky position right now. What I'm just, my main condition right now for the next year is to continue the growth that I've had over the past six months. Part of that has to do with a lot of the growth that's coming into the area and keeping up with that. Um, I've, we've had, I don't know if you're familiar with the area of Boise, Idaho, Eagle, Idaho area. It's, Things are growing so fast here that it's just insane. I mean, I've got people from out of state moving here every week. It's, they're just, people are flocking here. Yeah. Keeping up with that right now is what it is because there's only one of me. And, um, you know, I enjoy teaching a lot of classes, but one thing I do, I really like working with the, with the group, the small group training classes. And those are generally you know, up to 10 people per class. Those are the times I really like. And another thing I, I, I really like to do is do that and just keep expanding. Maybe, maybe a few more hours, maybe pairing back and getting those hours so that every single hour that we're spending in the gym is productive. And I'm not having those times when you got the downtime and trying to pair that up. And that's, that's, changing so much over the past year because of so many people are working at home that sometimes those hours that used to be 
the real lucrative hours and you know the you know the dead hours or whatnot that were that were the some of the ones that that were always in the traditional gym time yeah. used to be the big busy hours or now since so many people are working from home and they're locally or you know and they they've got that you know that they've got that hour that they can sneak away and make it into a group class and if they can get in and out and and you know and make that whole round trip in an hour because this town's small and it's fairly landlocked there's not a lot of other traffic it's only a few you know this town's only got about 20 i think it's maybe up to twenty thousand people so there's yeah. nobody that more lives more than a few miles away so they can get here in five minutes a lot of times absolutely and so that's something that's been pretty challenging to do that and another thing that i really like to try to do with my because i've been doing actually more in the past 10 years i've spent more time and effort working on nutrition with people mm -hmm. and trying to get that message out but that's the hardest damn part for people is to get that lifestyle in there because you everybody likes to work out hard trying to blend that into my the gym to give a better overall product and then maybe make that a little more premium service so that i could almost pare back the number of hours that i do you know yeah, and that that's yeah. and it's you know sometimes it's, it's like it, but it, honestly in the last six months trying to keep up with all the new people that have been coming around and, and just try to keep the standards up higher has been has been harder uh and harder and i'm almost uh, i'm at the point where i have to turn away people for for private sessions because i just don't have the the thing and you know keeping the overhead down and all kinds of stuff like that is, yeah. is important makes sense well jim thank you man so much for being on the podcast today um had a lot of had a lot of good um conversations on here i know the audience is going to get some good value from it so thank oh, you. Oh, glad. Out, well, I hope you've got some good good use out of that. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot to, a lot of wisdom, but <laughs> no, it was good. It was good, and it, it's good for people just to hear all the different perspectives out there. So, yeah, we definitely appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you, and for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured in the podcast. Click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.